to the AO Trauma North America Mentor-Mentee Interview Series. I'm Stephen Scheinman, an orthopedic trauma surgeon at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. Thank you for tuning in. I would like to remind you that the video recordings of the Mentor-Mentee interviews are available on the AO Trauma North America YouTube channel. And don't forget to check out other Mentor-Mentee interviews on the AO Trauma North America Spotify channel or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carla Smith. I'm an orthopedic surgeon in Boise, Idaho. And my mentor is Lou Zirkel. I met Lou when I was a resident at the University of Washington, and he was just starting SIGN, which is Surgical Implant Generation Network. He had been manufacturing nails in Richland, Washington, where he practiced for uh, about two years when I met him and was uh, just starting programs in Vietnam and a couple of other Asian countries. Fast forward to today, and he has provided implants for over 350,000 surgeries. All of these have been at no cost to the surgeons or the patients in low and middle income countries. And his Manufacturing plant uh, is an amazing uh, demonstration of engineering prowess and uh, creativity and uh, thoughtfulness. And he has started to branch into other implants. But what really impacts me about Lou is how human he is, how caring, how much he has changed the face of fracture care in much of the world. So, what is your role? in having created that? Well, uh, it's an intricate, it's a integrated process of engineering because we want to create new implants. Uh, IT, because we want to make it easier for the surgeons to report their surgery. And of course, manufacturing. So, quality control and shipping, all of these are coming together. I'm really pleased. I mentioned sign surgeons, but I'm also very pleased with our staff led by Gene. And uh, they are really developing into excellent uh, practitioners of their particular aspect of sign. How did you get into orthopedics? Uh, well, I was, uh, I was a carpenter uh, and I didn't want to go to college. My mother said, you have to go to college. So I went to the nearest college. And uh, then uh, I don't know why, but Duke uh, went from college to, uh, at Davidson to Duke. And I was walking down the hall once and this voice came behind me saying, hey boy. And that's what Dr. Baker called all of the residents. And I said, yes. Uh, he said, I'm operating on your brother tomorrow. He was on the football team. Would you like to come and watch? And so he, I said, well, I've never been in the operating room before. And he said, well, come at seven o'clock 
and come to the faculty locker room, which <laughs> terrified me. And then he said, put your clothes in uh, this locker. And it turned out it was the Dean's locker, who was a neurosurgeon. And uh, my clothes were not at all fashionable. My mother uh, bought my clothes and she, she, the price played a big role. And I had these shoes that turned up because <laughs> they were too long, they were orange. And uh, I put those in the Dean's locker room and went down and, and Dr. Baker showed me how to scrub. Uh, we went into the room and uh, there was still a, a resident standing in the corner where he had been sent by Dr. Baker. And then the, uh, the resident wasn't prepping quite according to Dr. Baker's protocol. And I've never seen anyone shake before. But, and then Dr. Baker showed me the whole operation. And he, he, for some reason, he became my uh, champion. He, I was a, a freshman in medical, and fr I was, a, no, I was, let's see. When I was a junior, uh, I worked in orthopedic residency. And he asked me what, uh, and then I was an intern at Duke. And then he asked me what specialty I wanted to go into. And I said, orthopedics. And he said, fine boy, I'll make you a resident. So, uh, which was wonderful because I finished my first year internship and became an orthopedic resident. And that, uh, so I, because I was an orthopedic resident, I was drafted in, into the army. And uh, the army uh, took me in as an orthopedic surgeon, which was career changing. And I was sent to Vietnam as an orthopedic surgeon. And this really led to a lot of experience uh, because I asked to treat the Vietnamese civilians in, in this army hospital. I was a commanding officer of a K-team, which uh, went and picked up the casualties from the battle. And they, we picked up Vietnamese civilians as well as uh, soldiers. And uh, so uh, I wanted to be able to treat those in this hospital. I didn't feel like the other place was adequate. And let me do that. And this gets into a long story, but I, I, I wanna, I, I can sum it up by saying, I'm very grateful for people along the way that have assisted me uh, in learning orthopedics, as well as providing the opportunities for growth. And that's what we try to provide the sign surgeons, opportunities for growth, and they really respond. Uh, they're excellent. They uh, do sign technique very well and uh, report their cases. And about well over 50% send follow-up, which is really the orthopedic surgeon's report card. And, and so these uh, are well, uh, 
well received and we can learn a lot uh, through follow-up reports. What, what, what will sign be like in 15 or 20 years? Well, we continue to expand. Uh, it, it's it's kind of nice. We've been approached by spine surgeons who want to help us do spine surgery. Uh, Karen Agarwal is over in Malawi now looking at starting hand surgery. What we have to make, it has to be a, a coordinated effort because we now have uh, plates, we've modified our plates so they can be bent and used as plates for pelvic fractures as well as uh, other fractures. And uh, so everything has to kind of come together. We have to supply the implants. I don't believe just giving lectures uh, provides uh, help to the patients. I think you have to provide and donate uh, implants to implement the, the uh, training that you're trying to give. Is COVID going to increase the need for implants or decrease the need? Is what? The COVID-19, the pandemic. Oh, well, it's very interesting. Uh, it's staying about the same, actually increasing. Uh, the difference is when I read the database, there's more new patients. And so we are trying to work out our squat and smile picture, which indicates healing. And we've done a lot of studies on this. So they, the, the patient can send in a picture of themselves to the surgical hospital. And then we know the results of the surgery. So uh, I would say the pandemic has certainly limited us. We've had a cancel or sign conference and uh, as well as travel, but it, we're trying to adapt to it. How would you describe the impact that sign has had on trauma care around the globe? Well, uh, uh, for the patients first, uh, we've done 344,000 cases around the world. So it really impacts them in a big way. It means the, the patient who's, if he's the breadwinner, he or she is the breadwinner of the family. They, uh, the, the whole family uh, will suffer if they don't get back to work. And, uh, so sign is, impacts the patients in a big way. It also impacts the surgeons. The surgeons tell me that because they can do sign and get the results and use the same procedures that are used throughout the, the world, at least in long bone fractures and hips and pediatric fractures, that they're staying in their country. And some of them go off and then return to their country. So there's a big shortage of orthopedic surgeons in developing countries. And so it's great that they're interested in this. And uh, it's also great to, to see the delight they express when they talk about their patients. They take a huge 
pleasure in seeing the patients come in and walk again. Which is more important, the nail itself or the surgeons? I think <laughs> I think they're equal. <laughs> I, I think you, you you can have a great surgeon without implants, and he can't he or she can't do anything. But on the other hand, if you have implants without surgeons, they just lay in the box. And what advice do you have for somebody early in the career? who wants to change the world in the way that you have? I really like the young people becoming interested. And this really, uh, we used to take them with us when we went to a program to do surgery. Now the pandemic is uh, coming on, but now, uh, but my advice well, some of the residents who want to work with us have skills like their biomechanical surgeons before they went into residency. There's a, a, a woman resident at a Hospital for Special Surgery who's a biomechanical engineer. She's working on our, uh, our spine implants. So I would say look for your Look for what you can do as you, as time goes on in your uh, in your specialty to help, and you really need to travel there uh, to to see what it is. So there there be I hopefully the pandemic will get better, and they'll be able to travel again. We used to have a, a yearly conference in Haiti, which was close to the United States and a lot of residents went to that. And um, what's the biggest obstacle you've overcome? <laughs> uh, well, we've had to learn how, you know, we, we learned, <laughs> Many years ago, I, I learned about implants and I decided, and then I realized that we had to manufacture them because I thought that I could work with other implant companies. Uh, but I had a saying, uh, they never said no, but they never said yes. They were friendly, but, but uh, never came through. So we decided we're gonna make our own. And uh, that, we've done that. We're gradually growing. We're under, undergoing uh, expansion in our building uh, now. And uh, we're, we're having a bioskills lab. So we're growing in education, growing and producing implants and uh, everything else that goes along with it. Proud of the sign surgeons. They, they have really caught on to sign and as I read the database, uh, this shows up, the surgery they do is very complicated and uh, very well done in, in most cases. And then I comment on each case and they really take our suggestions in there. You can see the gradual improvement 